when when I get a call, they go, "Hey, come out here, Trevor Noah, come out here, Dave Chappelle, come out," or just for laughs. And like, it's just those things of, "Oh wow, I, I'm cute." <laughs> <laughs> they want me. Yeah. It, okay. It's that kind. Of, that's the feeling. Yeah. Have you? Is just for laughs called you? I've done it twice. What? Yeah. New faces. 2016, 2017. Oh 2017, God. I shot something for Kevin Hart the, on his uh, LOL channel. Yeah. Myself and there, there were two other South African comedians with me. Luis Madinga, Jason Goliath. But um, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet? No, Is I haven't it out? Seen it. It's out. I just, I, I refuse to watch myself on stage. <laughs> oh, no. That's, I feel like when I said the, I, I referenced your rhino and turtle thing, you had no idea what I was talking about. No, I, I, was talking I, about your, I know. Oh, you did. I've worked those jokes long enough to know oh, <laughs> when you bring up rhino, <laughs> what you're talking about. Welcome to Eggs, Bacon, Grits, Sausage Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Thelonious Fiorito. On the show, I get advice from my guests for how to get better at stand-up comedy. Oftentimes, we only hear advice from mega-successful comedians like Ralphie May, Ari Shafir, or Roy Woods Jr., and arguably, that's how it should be. But if you're like me, you get off in hearing advice, and advice can be so much more useful when it's from someone more local or not, more current and more connected to the scene that we're in. Judd Apatow wrote a book about uh, interviewing famous comics on his high school radio station, so my guests better become famous so that I can write a book so that I can get money. Uh, on today's show, I have a comic who's been doing stand-up for umpteen years. We'll let him disclose how many years if he wants to. Um, we, we met a while back at a, at a Sarah Amy Harvard show. Check him out. Um, I, I'll, I'll drop the name when I can remember it. Uh, you know, this guy, he's from, um, he's from South Africa. He's the Nelson Mandela's cousin. He's, he's, uh, South Africa's, um, most, uh, well-known rhino hater, uh, and, um, and turtle, uh, you know, despiser. Uh, please welcome, uh, Robbie Collins. Yo, what's happening? Can you hear yourself? I can't hear myself. You know what? Can you, uh, can you hop on this one? My bad. Sweet. No problem. All right. We're, we're having some difficulties. One, two. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. I'm good. All right. Um, yeah. So this is my guest, Robbie Collins. He's coming from. He's hailing from South Africa. Uh, he's a he's a, a amazing net. Uh, he's an amazing comic. I'm I'm jumping over myself. He's <laughs> he's got a Netflix special out. Uh, you got to check it out. And um, so, how are you doing, man? I'm good, my brother. I'm very well. Yeah. Can't complain. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, I've um, you know somebody. Somebody of your of your stature, somebody who's been doing stand up for fourteen years. That's exactly kind of the kind of person that I want to talk to on the show. Somebody who can, uh, you know, who we can all learn from. Who, all the all the listeners out there. I just there. want to say, fourteen years doesn't mean I'm good because I know people <laughs> doing it for twenty years and they are. Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to swear on you? <laughs> uh, you know, we we get some we get away with some stuff. No, okay, but but time 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 uh, with doing stand up. It's important, but it also isn't everything. It's how you use the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've I, been using it. How do you think you've been using it? I think I was a lazy comedian up until 2016. I was naturally very funny and I progressed at a, like 
my first year in, I was touring and opening for Trevor Noah. That's insane. So I'm a year in, and uh, <laughs> I don't, I never see Trevor Noah. I never even seen him on the street. But all, but also in South Africa, the scene is a lot smaller. Um, like in South Africa, you you give yourself a month there, and you probably will know every comedian. That's an it. It's small. It's not bad. It's just smaller than New York. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you were you were opening for Trevor Noah before he was Trevor Noah. Yeah, well, Trevor's first tour, Trevor's first tour ever, and he was like, he saw me in a comedy club, and he's like, "Yo, come, let's roll." Wow. And we toured together for like seven years, seven eight years. Oh like, wow. Okay. Oh wait. Any chance you ever came to America to tour with him? No, no, no. Okay. I, I haven't. I haven't toured with him in in America yet. Um, but it's. Like I see him all the time. Okay, <laughs> like we, okay. we yeah, right. stuff. He has his opening act here, but um, I think it's. I think Trevor's very smart. Like we don't speak comedy as much as as just speaking about life because you're on the road with somebody for over seven years. You have to become their friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you miss flights with them. You you go through bad shows, good shows, and uh, you become friends with them. So I think having somebody like trevor uh, as a friend and a mentor is awesome because i'm allowed i'm able to experience my career as an individual but also i'm able to call up a person who's done it done everything and just be like yo i'm not too sure what decision to make yet and he's like he's got the decision is he the one who told you to, to not work any jobs uh since you started stand-up no so so <laughs> So I started in two, August 12, 2008. And I always wanted to be a comedian. From the age of 13, I made up a mind that I wanted to do stand-up. And my first day of uh, 11th grade, I dropped out of high school. I was like, I'm not doing this stuff. Insane. I, my mom, single mother, raising five kids. I was like, I'm wasting her money. I really, I have, my other siblings, one studied at Oxford University. Wow. My brother studied in Boston at Gordon College. He lives in North Carolina. So I, these people around me are educated. I just, I just, <laughs> I just didn't want to do it. So my mom was like, "Okay, cool." Um, and in between that that phase of dropping out of high school and doing stand up, I read and watched everything to do with stand up comedy. And I'd have these weird jobs in between, just like like to get party money. And then when in Durban, where I'm from, in South Africa, the East Coast, a comedy club opened up and then I was like, okay, cool, I'm doing it. And when I told my mom, she was like, okay, cool, I'm not going to give you party money, but I'm going to give you money to get to and from the gigs. Okay. And that was, she was like, okay, because I've, I've kept all this money that I would have spent on your education. So if you and she was very much determined. She's like, yo, if you're going to do this thing, do it properly. Wow. Yeah. So, That's amazing. Yeah. My, yeah. my mom's favorite comedian is Bernie Mac, by the way. Really? Yeah, she loves Bernie uh, Mac. That's, I mean, that's a good comedian to have as your favorite. Yeah, but my mother's also like very religious. That's, not, that's so odd. Yeah, that is. Bernie <laughs> drops a lot of F-bombs. <laughs> and, and, but my mom always like, yo, he tells the truth. If you tell the truth, the truth defends itself. Yeah. So whether they're swearing or not, if this, if this stuff is truthful, everyone will find it funny. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Speaking of, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, I. This is, sorry, this is eggs, bacon, grits, sausage radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Thelonious. I'm with Robbie Collins at Robbie Collins on Instagram. 
we're going to listen to one of his jokes about, uh, you know, if, if you're dropping the truth, then then you could say F-bombs if you want, according to, <laughs> to, to mom. <laughs> so I'm going to play one of your clips right now. Look, if, if the set goes well, my name is Robbie Collins. If it goes bad, my name is Trevor Noah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can choose. <laughs> nice to be back in New York. The last time I was here, I was in 2019. And then the world ended. And now I'm back here. And I keep hearing, like, you always keep complaining about the crime in the city. Apparently it's getting bad. Are you going to tell me the bicycle got stolen? Where I'm from, there's no crime. It's an eight one beans. But it's not a crime. Where I'm from, we get shit stolen. Like countries. That was uh, Stole My Bicycle on uh, Robbie Collins' <laughs> album. <laughs> what is your process like for writing um, material? Because uh, I, I told my friend that joke, um, and I don't even know how I would have. It's such a funny joke, because everybody's trying to always write a material about how like New York is dangerous, but it's like it was always dangerous or something like that, and you came in here and kind of wrote this. Obviously, it's new, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's Look, where I'm from in South Africa, South Africa is a beautiful country, and and I advertise. <laughs> Sounds I adver like a butt is coming. No, I, I, I <laughs> however, <laughs> I, I advertise for people to listen to this, and I want people, if there's South Africans listening, like I love South Africa. That's my home. My family's still there, uh, apart from my brother who's in North Carolina with his kids. And um, the reason you have to come to New York, like many professionals in different industries is just to move forward like i feel, feel like i reached the ceiling and i think in south africa there's different genres there's not many genres for comedy you got to be a specific type be mm. be according to your race um are there white are there white south african comics yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, i think i saw some trevor noah hate video do you ever see oh, it those where are, all those like salty mm, ass like south mm. african comics are like i should all been those old white Man, <laughs> on the Trevor Noah <laughs> DVD, those guys are old, and and <laughs> and they came up during apartheid systems, and the hate they have for, had for Trevor, any any comic of color, is simply just because the competition upped itself. Hmm. You know what I mean? So after '94, when Mandela became president, all these new young voices, um, men and women, black voices, came out and started talking about themselves. Before that you'd get an old white guy telling you what black people were. Really? Yeah. and, and that, Before 94, like in 93, people were... Yeah, dude. Holy yeah. shit. I don't know enough yeah. about South the, African the, history. I watched the movie where he's in jail and stuff <laughs> like that. But like, you know, that was even that was 15 years ago. Somebody said to me, a comedian said to me at the stand, look, it was so funny. He said, um, yo, because he found out I'm from South Africa. He's like, yeah, I just want to say what Morgan Freeman did for your country ah. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Morgan Freeman might have done more uh, in terms of our eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. But 
so to go back to the joke, like South Africa is a new developing country and the country was set up before to specifically provide for white people who are minorities in South Africa. Yeah. So everything changes in 94 and then black people can go wherever they want and there's black, there's colored, there's Indian, there's other races. And, and then poverty goes up because the system that apartheid was created under couldn't, couldn't um, hold everybody. You know what I mean? So, mm. so now you have all of these things. So in, when, crime, when poverty goes up, crime goes up. So robbery is a thing back home. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm here and I'm hearing people talking about bicycles stolen, I'm like, this is, this is nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is not a crime yeah. in my head. Yeah. A bicycle being stolen is not a crime it's at all. It's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience, generally. Yeah. It's like, also, you guys have the subway. Yeah. So so when I do it, like when I came up here for the first time um, in 2017, I performed differently. I, I, I think I was blown away by just being in New York because all my idols, musicians, comics, whoever I read about came out, out of New York. So there's more of this gratitude. Like I was this grateful African Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for letting me in the building. <laughs> now I'm, I guess I'm older. I've seen the world more. I've been through stuff. Now it's just like, hey man, if you like, I, I know some stuff. I can tell you some stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there's something that happens when you get older as a comedian. Oh, I know. That where the audience generally listens to you. Like now when I talk about heartbreak on stage, people look at me like, oh, you look like you've been heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> when you do it as a kid, they're like, oh, get over that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think I know what you mean. I, I, it, when I talk about anything, it's like I have to be very silly because, you know, I'm so, no one's coming, no one's thinking I'm the wise guy. And and it will come. Also, you look young. How old are you? 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look, you look like you could be 23. I, I pass for very young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pass for very young and I use it, I, I use it to my advantage. Yeah. You know, I, it's actually an advantage in my, in my head. Look, it, it you know, does. people are like, we want to train you. And I'm like, I'm low-key older than you think. <laughs> but I'm down, I'm down. And then, you know, by the time they get to know me, it's like, like you know. Right, right. It's a surface level right. uh, thing. Totally. So, so like, the, that joke kind of just wrote itself because I just kept hearing <laughs> bicycles being stolen. And I was just like, no, man, this is nonsense. Like, it's generally, like, this is not front-page news. Yeah. Oh, you saw it? It, look, if you watch the news in South Africa, or I think, look, American news is also crazy, but you guys have also these local news stations that just report BS, and you're just like, yo, this this shouldn't be on TV. Yeah. Like this is this this should be an Instagram post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be sending reporters. We have out. too <laughs> much news, too much news coverage. Totally, and then I feel like you also you, you guys just kind of step over like real news. Mm. <laughs> like there's there's so many different. Just being here for the past two months, I've been hearing crazy stuff, but like something else happens, and then the media just kind of just moves over it. You know? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. The next the next the next big thing, you know, like people say the that Will Smith smacked. Uh, the Will Smith smack ended the war in Ukraine. Right. Because no one, now everyone's like past that. It's still going on. Look, Will Smith smack was spoken about more than what happened in Buffalo. Right. Oh, easily. <laughs> oh, easily. Not and, even and, close. And just like, yo, that's that's wild. Like when, when you're asking like politicians what they think about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, it's like, yeah. yo, man, this is, 
You guys have time. It's silly. It's silly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I kind of do like when they do that kind of stuff, but not when it's like, you know, like I liked when they asked Obama silly stuff because then he would say something silly and then get back to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. You know. it, 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 um, look, America has so many pros, but the cons are. Just as big. Just as big. <laughs> but the pros are amazing as well. But the, the, the cons are just constantly there. But it's different when you're a comedian. Even back home in South Africa, in the comedy clubs, I feel like most of us are trying to make things better. Most of us are trying to laugh with each other. When you go out onto the streets, it feels a lot different. Mm -hmm. But people in the comedy clubs here and abroad, like everywhere I've gone, they they if you if you speaking about something that's interesting or, or truthful, and you know what you're speaking about, and you're making it funny majority of the people I see are down with it. As long, if you're on stage. If you're on stage. Yeah, yeah. I think some, something changes when, when we speak about serious stuff without the punchline. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, no one wants to, you know, it's kind of like, it's tough. It's tough yeah, to hear yeah. stuff. Even I, you know, I'm not like dying to hear the worst news no. all the time. You know, but I'm down to hear Roy Woods Jr. talk about it because I feel like, honestly, he has a better opinion on it and, so it's, and it's fun. But even when you watch the news, like you, you watch the news and, and, and you'll hear this crazy story and then after a while you're like, oh, damn, that's hectic. And then you keep watching because you're like, yo, I need to find out what happened in sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I need to see the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you've been here for two months. At home, you're uh, touring over the summer. You're touring South Africa. Yeah. You're, you're, you're headlining your own tour. So you are the guy. Uh, yeah, there, there's a few. There, yo, there's these amazing comedians back home, um, but uh, I guess everybody's got their own dream. Okay. Yeah, like some I people. Sound a little like <laughs> a no little jab. No, no, no. I, I mean, I mean in the sense that that people are com people. How can I put it? Everybody's got their own goals in life. So my goal to mm. come out to New York, that's mine. There's, there's great comedians who I think will do very well in New York, but that's not something that interests them. That's what I mean. Right. So so people can exist in different realms, you know what I mean? And I think the important thing is to find the altitude you want to exist in. And yeah, okay, that makes sense. You, you, you know don't what need I mean? to be uh, the most famous. You could be happy at, at, a, you know, at this level. I, I mean, if you're headlining in South, at home in a whole country... And I'm sure you could be, I would be happy. <laughs> oh, hell, man. <laughs> totally. totally what am thing. I headlining? So, yeah, there's great comedians. There's like really, really funny people out uh, in South Africa who've been doing it for long. Some of them haven't been doing it for that long and they're doing really well. But uh, maybe they'll want to come out when they want to come out, you know? like see, when, Maybe they'll follow your path because. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. yo, Trevor was the first person and, right. and Trevor wasn't the first funny person in South Africa. Yeah. There were these hilarious comedians who started before Trevor who who just didn't make the move out here. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't take away anything from them. It's just everybody's got their own dreams, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important. Level of risk. Like you, you got to focus on what's important to you and how you want to do it. Because once you start chasing, especially in a world like comedy, and especially in a world like comedy and entertainment where yeah. we see everybody's success, like with social media, we see people's success. Yeah. So as soon as you see somebody doing something dope, 
immediately you can kind of scrap your own plans. <laughs> but you're like, you know, this I thing's know. working. Dude, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a tough one. Like, I feel it for new comedians because they're not growing. They're not growing in the dark mm. because you, it's hard, yeah. one comedian might have a social media following and then start comedy mm -hmm. and then they kind of get booked more than the other one. Yeah. And then this other person's kind of bubbling in the dark and can start feeling insecure about themselves because they're not getting so much traction. But they're doing dope stuff on stage. Yeah. So you just got to choose. I, I know I'm a club comedian. Like, I feel like I'm a club comedian to the core. Um, I've done some TV stuff, which was successful, and I've done some stuff that was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I think I, with that in your failures, it just kind of reinforces what you want to do more and for me it's stand-up comedy i right now i don't want to do anything else but stand-up right yeah i love i love stand-up by the way you're uh you're if you're just tuning in we're <laughs> we're here on radio free brooklyn we're listening right now we're we're tuning in right now with uh robbie collins give him a follow check him out on instagram uh he's really hilarious he has a special out on netflix and um, he's here right now. If you're uh, if you're in Connecticut, if you're in Hartford, I know this is Radio Free Brooklyn, but if you're going out there today, <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be out there. He's gonna be doing. Uh, you know, he's only two months in America this time, uh, and you know he's already headlining it or not headlining. He's already touring in it, America. It's just insane. It, it's wild. It, yeah. it is. It's a. It's a. I won't even say it's a dream come true. It's one of those things where all I wanted to do is do comedy and do it properly, and. Uh, Put it this way, if I if I hadn't done comedy, stand-up comedy, the only place I'd ever have traveled to is probably to my grand's house. <laughs> to my grand's house and places. You're not going to visit your brother in Oxford? Dude, I, I would have never what come out there. What about your brother in North Carolina? Or is that the same guy? It's just convenient because I'm here for stand-up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. But <laughs> I've gone out to North Carolina like maybe four times. It's cool. Go okay. see the family and stuff. But like, yeah, it, 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 I don't even want to say it's a dream come true because I didn't think that I'd be here. Right. But wow. there's, there's those kind of things where you're just like, have you, have you ever seen it? Have you ever, do you remember the moment when a, a random chick came up to you and spoke to you? I've, I've, yes, I remember those moments. Right. <laughs> those and, few and far between moments. And there's that feeling where you go, oh, I'm good looking. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what comedy is always like for me. Okay. So when when I get a call and they go, hey, come out here, Trevor Noah, come out here, Dave Chappelle, come out, or just for laughs. And like, it's just those things of, oh, wow, I, I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> they want me. Yeah. It, okay. It's that kind of, that's the feeling. Yeah. Have you, is Just for Laughs called you? I've done it twice. What? Yeah. New Faces? 2016, 2017. Oh 2017, God. I shot something for Kevin Hart, the on his uh, LOL channel. Yeah. Myself and there, there were two other South African comedians with me, Lois Madinga, Jason Goliath. But um, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet? No, Is I haven't it out? Seen it. It's out. I just, I, I refuse to watch myself on stage. Oh, no. That's, I feel like when I said the, I, I referenced your rhino and turtle thing, you had no idea what I was talking about. No, I, 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 about your, I know oh, you did. I've worked those jokes long enough to know oh, right. when you bring up rhino, <laughs> what you're talking about. But I've never, I can listen to myself because I can hear the rhythm. Mm. But when I watch myself, I, it just becomes self-hate mm. because then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, why, why is your leg moving like that? What's happening with the hand? 
Um, you, look, may, you don't you don't use that as um, like why is that happening, and then try to not at all it. Be, because the audience is telling me what's up. Yeah, that's, I mean the the audience. That's why I write material on stage. I I put down something that's interesting on my phone, like in my notes. I put an interesting thing if I and I record myself, and then I have new material every year, new material, and if that works, then it gets bumped up to the set. Okay. So like right now in New York and just working out the set, like this international set to make it tight. So I've got my new stuff and if I work it out and it works and then it gets it gets upgraded to the set. Nice. But I give it like, I've got to give it three tries because sometimes you can you can kind of wing it on the first try and it works, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't mean it's there it's yet. Yeah. So that's how I work my material. And the audience guides you. The audience lets you know, especially when you're telling a story, the audience are like, hey, tell us more. We, we're interested in your story, but if you want to get more of our attention, we need a couple more punchlines here. And, and they kind of, they're your, they your conductor with it. You know what I mean? It's, it's between com comic and audience is one big symphony. And they're just letting you know, okay, cool. Throw us more cello right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Give us a cowbell right now. You know what I mean? So it's, it's that kind of, you got to be present and you got to be there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge thing. I, I, like, you young, right? But you've seen Michael jo Michael Jordan highlights. I've seen Michael Jordan highlights. And my, there's video footage like Michael Jordan in the 80s and you do a shot that nobody's seen. And they're like, what the hell just happened? Like there's a, there's a, video, there's a video footage where he does this layup and he goes around the dude and the opposing team even stand and they're like, what the hell just yeah. happened? I don't think Michael Jordan actually practiced those shots. I, I don't yeah, think, think he, you can practice that really. But that's I know he was on the court game. all the time. Oh, is that you think? Okay. So if you if you're consistently on the court, you, your body is is so fit, it's so strong that it's gonna automatically do things and surprise yourself. That's the same way I see stand up comedy. Wow. If you're consistently on stage, yeah, yeah. you're gonna find yourself do some other layup and and go, what the hell? Yeah. The audience is gonna go, what the hell? And then tomorrow night you gotta get up and and. Uh, duplicate exactly what happened yeah. the night before and that's where you get build this body of material that's how that's what's been happening for me i love that that's such a that's such a good uh, analogy thank you because um i read you're, <laughs> i mean is that something you read <laughs> no, no, no. but that, that's how i feel a friend of mine he said like if you look at he just said i gotta keep doing it i remember being really frustrated because comedy or any artist or any person who's doing something that's out of the norm. Um, there's a lot of reasons. There, there's a lot of times when your mind's telling you no and stop. And, and my friend explained, he said, if you look at the bottom of a waterfall, there's broken rocks. And those rocks broke over time because it's water consistently hitting the same spots. And then eventually those rocks give way and break. You know what I mean? So that's the thing, like, be like water. Be like water. <laughs> sounds sound like a Bruce, some Bruce Lee stuff. But that's what it is. It's like you literally just got to keep doing the thing. Yeah. Because there's, there's enough reasons to quit. There are enough reasons. Like every every entertainer who's successful right now could probably tell you stories where they're like, yo, I was about to quit. Yeah. Everyone. That It doesn't matter who they are. There's, and even when you do get successful, these points where giving up also yeah. seems easy. Yeah, people like Steve Martin gave up. I mean, like he quit. 
immediate. Like after one night, just most successful comedian in the world quit. Yeah, and he never did it numbers. again. It's wild. He's never touched the mic. Like, He's never, never done stand up since. Still to this day. Yeah, just yeah. crazy. That's that's crazy. Imagine, you know, that's like I don't know who's number one right now, but he was like the he was a clear number one. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Kevin Hart still has the highest record for most attendees. Oh, at the moment yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, not ever, like, I meant like it just at the current moment. Like, you know, stick. I don't think Kevin Hart is number one right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah, he still has that. Right. So um, I did, I wanted to, you were, you were saying, you know, you have dreams and goals or you have dreams that you don't, you forget about your dreams because they, they were irrelevant uh, yeah, yeah. back in South Africa when you were a kid. The dreams don't make sense. But, um, you know, you were saying about your goals, how certain people have different goals and how you know, that influences where your comedy career is going. Uh, you know, what, what are your, you know, as somebody who's in the game for so long and in a different path than most of people that I know, you know, what are, what are your goals and have they changed in, in your time frame in the last year, five years? I, I, it changes because like, um, when you're starting out, like there's, there's a beauty in not knowing because you're just kind of free and you're just like- I hear that all the time. I always it, hear that. Like, you're so dude, lucky that you don't- Just and, not knowing shit. Like, literally just going, I'm doing what I love. I, I feel like I'm funny. They laughing, they're feeling it. Then you then somebody tells you about, oh, that's a callback if you bring it there. And you're like, okay, what's that? Then you figure that out. And then that becomes easy. And then you learn, then somebody tells you, oh, you should do that gig or do that, or maybe do that, do an accent. And all these different voices start happening. And some of those voices are positive and some of them are just like, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, you have you ever, like you can ruin a car by putting too much gas in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you think that the car is fine with that, whatever amount of gas it gets. And I feel like that's the same with advice where you just like, sometimes you gotta go. Oh yeah, yeah. Yo, you figure this thing much, out. Yeah. Figure because all the advice I've got, and I've gotten great advice from like great comedians, but the best advice has come from myself mm. by doing the thing. Yeah. You know, and, and the advice wasn't wrong, but just everybody's got their own path. So when I was opening for Dave Chappelle, I was touring with him in South Africa in 2018. The best that it was the last night of the tour, and I was. It's my idol and I'm hanging around Dave and I'm just waiting for him to like drop some knowledge for me to use in my career. And he's smoking his cigarette and he's chilling and then he leans forward like, how long are you doing it for kid? At the time I was 10 years, so like 10 years. And it just is to be, now it's gonna make sense. And then he sits back and carries on smoking wow. his cigarettes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but it was so dope. That's the only comedy we spoke on the whole tour. Like we spoke about other stuff. That's the only advice he gave me. And I was like, okay. Now it's going to make sense. And he was, he was exact. He was totally right. Dude, you have to get to touring with Dave Chappelle to, to feel, <laughs> to, for it to start. <laughs> That's insane. Um, and so, so you've, you've toured. So that now, I mean, you're, you're, you're humble flexing right now. Uh. You've toured with uh, <laughs> Trevor Noah. You've toured apparently with Dave Chappelle. You've been on JFL. You've been, well, obviously you're on Netflix and, uh, now you're, 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 uh, you're going to the, the funny bone, the, the ultimate peak of peaks. Dude, I've, 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 I think I've opened for like, and you've been to comedy yeah. seller, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've done the seller twice. 
uh, I still haven't done the audition, but uh, I think uh, I don't want to talk about things before they happen. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it it feels like I I I decided that as much as I love and respect the seller and any comedy club, I like I can't just chase that. I'm just gonna need to enjoy and be on stage. Mm -hmm. And and just meet people because the guys at the cellar they're very cool, <clears throat> excuse me, and they know about me. But um, time will come, dude. And in the time, I've I've polished up the sets of mine and I've made it really tight. So if I wanted to get it maybe a month ago, I probably would have been too nervous or not ready for it. Like now, I'm like, okay, you can bring it, you know. Nice. But uh, it's 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 cool, like uh. Also, at the same time, you don't want to ask favors from a bunch of big comics, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't. I, I don't. Not really. I don't know any big comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, like, there's so many times I look at my phone and I look at Jeff Ross's number or Chappelle's and I'm like, ah, should I? <laughs> <laughs> really? Holy should I shit. ask a favor? Dude, I mean, you probably, do you drink at all? Do I drink? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> i mean those drummers are like you must be like oh man like after 10 beers like uh dude i think i think what i've up, c ross what up jay i've, I've definitely takes dave Chappelle while drunk i i, I just going hey dave love to you and the family <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't respond to that shit he did a thumbs up yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wow, but, Dave Chappelle's a thumbs up kind of guy. Uh, no, I think my message deserved a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I think Dave like responds properly to like genuine messages, yeah. but that, that message that message deserved to be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was oh, just man. like one of those things. Like, uh, let me let me just check on my boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're you're not my boy like that. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I um. So uh, you said that you, uh, you know, I don't know, the voices are in your head or the voices are out loud, the, the you know, to the gas in your car, stuff like that. Um, I wanted to see, you know, you know, what kind of bad or great impressions or, or voices, you know, stuff like that you have, you know, what's something that you, uh, you said your friends make fun of, like, you know, make fun of how bad they are, good or good how good they are. I've always, I, I could do a great impersonation of my Uncle Sonny, <laughs> but you you've never met Uncle Sonny, so it's just, I'm gonna just be doing a voice. Okay. But I, I honestly think I'm good at doing a Scottish accent. All right. That's, that's probably my best See, accent. Like a Mike Myers? No. <laughs> Not like a Mike Myers. Not like a, okay, let me try. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Look, okay, give me a sentence because I never know what to say with this accent. Um the the water is great. I really love it in here. <laughs> okay. Hmm. The waters are great. I really love it in here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it's really great, is it? The water's really great, young lad. <laughs> I love it in here. Here. <laughs> That's, I'm horrible at it. <laughs> no, that was a... Dude, that was one of the best Scottish accents I've heard from a South African in my life. Oh, no. Th these comedians back home are really... Like I was saying, there's hilarious comedians back home, but there's people who can do, like, accents, like, to the T. I'm horrible at I it. I mean, I'm... Yeah. There's a comedian, Lois Madinga. He's actually also on Netflix. Um, very funny dude. And his accents are amazing. 
amazing. Like you can check him out on Netflix. There's actually quite a few South African comedians on Netflix. And Paul Pops, very funny dude, Celeste and Tuli, Gilly Apta. Are they on your special um, on the We Got Jokes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Lois Ogola, he's great as well. Um, he's, he spends a lot of time in London. But like, the, yeah, there's, there's comedians. Like I was saying, like everybody's got their own dream because the people back home, like even at the gigs I'm at, I, I perform at these shows and I always think about people back home. I'm like, man, if so-and-so was here, they'd totally kill the show. Um, like th they would fit so well into it. Yeah. I think the hardest part for a South African comedian or any comedian from around the world is coming into America where we know things about your life, your world, you guys don't know much about us. Mm. So we can even talk your politics. We can say stuff. Yeah. Like we can't walk onto American stage and just speak freely about our world because. Because we have no um, like foundation for to understand no. it from. And for you as a comedian, you your concern about the rest of the world is probably a lot broader. But like for most Americans, they're like, yo, this is the world. <laughs> <laughs> like why? Well, yeah, especially as a New Yorker, man. It's like, yeah, I, I'm trapped in my own. Yeah. And I totally get I wind tunnel. me being here for two months. I'm just like, yeah, I'm cool. I hope Africa's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you you uh, yeah, I mean you love all of Africa. I, you know, I didn't know that. I thought you guys. I thought there was some hatred, uh, African on African hate. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely, like, definitely. South but, Africans don't fuck with. Uh, oh shit, don't. Uh, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> Speak your mind. Yeah, no. no, no. Look, those those things happen, and uh, or it's more like South Africans are like, man, we just hate white people. Fuck the white people, but no, you know the the, the South African. The the the, the look, white people are very very comfortable in South Africa. Really? Still? The way the the way the, I would assume that a little a little less. The white people that left South Africa that you'll find in Australia, London, the states, those are most likely racist, who didn't want to live under a black government. Oh, okay. So, like when ninety four happened and Mandela became president, the white people literally ran out of their homes with the clothes on their back, packed a small bag, and bounced because they thought black people were gonna kill them. Okay. And they didn't realize that black people didn't want to kill them. <laughs> like, like, I think racist white people don't realize that black people just want equality. Like, nobody wants yeah. to hurt you. So, so there are white folks that are back home and, and living good lives. Like, I've dated two white girls. Wow. You know Look what I mean? Look at that. <laughs> like, Con, at, if you're listening, Radio Free Brooklyn, <laughs> Robbie Collins dates white girls. So, uh, if you're a white girl, but, you know, hit him up. But like, He's you, down. <laughs> You go to the comedy clubs, you go to the cl uh, nightclubs, like you, everybody's together. Obviously, there's places where specific races go, but majority of people and young people, they they cool with each other. I think media is media. It's funny because I've heard that so many times where they say like white people are in danger in South Africa. I'm like, yo, white people are very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I worked with a girl who's from South, she's a white girl from uh, South Africa. And, uh, but she still goes there. She still has family there. You're right. And um, I don't know. She, I, I guess I was, that's it. <laughs> she was really pretty. Like there's like the one of the prettiest girls I've also, ever seen. South Africa have beautiful women. Yeah. Beautiful woman, it's like all races, across all races, it's, yeah. Across all races. Across, like literally just beautiful woman. 
Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I mean, you guys have, it's ama- I, I've never been, but I assume that it's got to be amazing because, uh, you know, coast, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. It's, like it's, gotta, it's the Miami of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a party. It's a, it is a party is it? country. Is it? Yeah. We, we, we the only country in the world that, that banned alcohol during COVID. Like the lockdown. Oh, wow. Like we banned alcohol. Banned alcohol from, like you mean banned like bars? I mean, obviously not at home. Stores, everything, bro. What? People were making beer out of pineapples. <laughs> I'm not joking. You can Google, Google that shit. Fermenting pineapples? Google, Google that. Like literally people were fermenting pineapples. was hectic. Like people, some people were doing it wrong. They got hospitalized. Holy shit. People Fuck. giving themselves alcohol poisoning. <laughs> but Like we also can start drinking at 18. Okay. Well, yeah, that's like everywhere, but here. Yeah, but you guys, you guys can start drinking at twenty-one, but you can buy a gun at eighty. That doesn't hey. make sense. I know. I, I really, I shot a gun before I took a shot. You shot a gun before? I guess. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I took a. Sh- I took. I shot a gun before I ever took a, a shot of alcohol. For real? But it wasn't in America, so it doesn't even count. It was in Estonia. All my family's back there. Oh snap! So, Estonia uh, in Queens or the no, not Estoria. Estoria. <laughs> oh, Estoria. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My family is from Estoria and Estonia. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got. I got a. My dad's from Estoria. My my mom's from Estonia. Oh snap! Their country. Okay, okay. In uh, Eastern you. Europe. I've heard. The, I think I've seen it before. <laughs> in, in a movie. In a. I feel yeah, like, yeah. It's in movies. A I lot feel of like times. it's that sad country in every movie. Nah, that's like Lithuania or some shit. It's no, a, that's what, what is Estonia known for? What is it known for? I don't, exactly. Yeah, nothing, man. There's <laughs> nothing it's known for. I can't think of it. Yeah, I mean, it has a really good, I don't know, tech stuff. <laughs> and uh, and it hated Russia so much that it joined the Germans in World War II. Oh, for real? Yeah. Damn. It hated them. And also Russia did violate, so it's not like... Right. I, I understand it. Yeah. If anything, they were like, "Yeah, we, we R- get it." Russia is still violating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's yeah. That's where my viol- my violations come from. It's in my blood, man. Got you to to violate. Yo, so you were um, I when and you're special. You were saying uh, you know the homeless the homeless problem is it's the homeless problem is pretty bad in South Africa. It yeah, sounds like and then they're pandering and they're trying to get your money and they're trying to. The, the the Uber joke where the uh you know it's like how'd you know I was on the passenger side if you're blind <laughs> like what if you're really blind you wouldn't have come up to the passenger window yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look the you can't miss the poverty I think the the, the tough thing about uh, <clears throat> growing up in a in in a new democracy where for so many years um, people were people are persecuted by the color of their skin. Shit doesn't equalize immediately. <laughs> That's just the way it works. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, it's going to take a long time. And in that, lots of poverty, uh, lots of begging, and you see it. Um, and, and the whole point of the joke, I do that joke literally to talk about how we care a lot about things that don't matter. So as as used to the poverty that I, I see, I feel like human beings 
and I, I blame white people in the joke, but I feel like the immediately it becomes a reaction when it's happening to animals. And and that's why I go like, yo, don't kill the animals. Just like if, if we can deal with animals and animals will be probably way better off if we deal with human beings. It's like in in Kenya, the villages they they kill the elephants because the elephants run onto into their villages and they eat their vegetables <laughs> and they eat the stuff. Then I'm like, yo, but these are people living in rural areas. So like let's don't do let's actually not raise money to save the elephants. Mm. Let's actually raise money to help the people yeah. <laughs> that they wouldn't be concerned with elephants. Yeah. But it's like, yo, people are killing elephants because they the elephants are taking their food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like we're working backwards. That's funny. I didn't think about that. So I always see the save the save the whales, save the elephants. Dude, there's a lot of saving things and stuff, mm -hmm. and I get it. But I'm like, yo, we don't even have to save have all these protests for <laughs> for whales and elephants yeah. and rhinos. <laughs> if you literally just look to your right and to your fellow human being and like help <laughs> them out, yeah, you know? it's it's I, I, it seems simple. I think it's simple in my head. But obviously, these are things that have been created for over years. Yeah, like I'm sure, I'm sure Estonia has their own problems. What's oh, getting What's getting extinct in Estonia? Oh, man, Russians are getting extinct in <laughs> Estonia. Man, they're they're killing. No, they, my uh, my mom's trying to get a uh, citizenship there right oh. now, so that because through my but because she doesn't speak Estonian, her my family doesn't speak Estonian. They're Russian. Oh. They, they don't. They don't want to give us the citizenship, or they they're they're less likely to give it to us because we're not. The bloodline is not Estonian, which is kind of insane, right? It's wild. It's like, but it's also like whatever. I mean, you know, who cares? We're Amer we're American, baby. We don't need your <laughs> shit. Um, I wanted to I wanted to play one more um one more clip before uh you know before the end, uh, in, relatively soon. Uh, this is a clip from your special that I found. Uh, it's you know you can find by the way you can find Robbie Collins on Netflix and on Instagram he's on he's on both yeah. convenient <laughs> you know so if you want to check him out uh, this is a clip from that special now let me tell you something about online shows they're not good for the self-esteem because <laughs> you're in your lounge with your laptop there's no tequilas there's no high fives show finishes you just close your laptop you look around your lounge, start thinking about all the things you could have studied. <laughs> like my mother wanted better for me. Because we say serious things on stage, like not having a father. But then you guys laugh and make us feel good for not having a father. <laughs> but when it's just you and your laptop, <laughs> not having a father sounds a lot more serious. <laughs> you close your laptop, you start walking around your lounge, like, fuck, I need to get hold of my father. I'm not over this shit. Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> that's fucking, that's really funny. I, um, whenever I, that's like my, that's when I bomb. When I bomb, I'm like, damn, I, I shouldn't be talking about my family like this. <laughs> like, it hits, it's it, not it, worth it, man. It hits differently. It, 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 <laughs> my grandma's rolling around. <laughs> She's like, why the hell are you talking about me like this and not even getting laughs? Ugh. The jokes just sound mean all of a sudden. You're just like, yo, man, why, why are you even, why are you even sharing this with the world? You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you when you do a blatant joke, 
that sounds like a like an obs- like an observation or something like that. Um, if it doesn't work, you can kind of just let it slide and you're like, okay, cool. You you just didn't see that. But when you're talking about your life or your family and and something really close to you, when that doesn't work, it's, it's like, oh, you. It's not that you don't find me funny. You don't respect me as a human being. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah. That's oh man, yeah. I and all, it's uh, like as a new comedian, uh, I a lot of my stuff is is like from my my experiences. Like it's not. I tr- I want to do observational stuff and I want to do. But it ends up always being like kind of like okay, like it's it's rooted in a true story or something, all right. the material, and so yeah, when it, yeah, so when it doesn't work, it's like man, yeah, dude, it's fucking embarrassing. But you, but you knew in the game, you you might even figure out that this isn't the comedy you want to do. Yeah, some I've heard people say that you know there's a lot of people are. You know, I, just the George, the, the George Carlin uh, doc came out and, you know, it's talking about how his yesterday. evolutions. What? I watched that yesterday. You watched the whole, the both, both episodes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, and it made me kind of think like, you know, you could be multi, you'll over, over time, you can be a bunch of different comedians. Yeah, totally. Like he had three distinct phases, I think, and then maybe there was more, but I just know the three. Prior, prior was the same. Prior, when Richard Pryor started, he was very much Bill Cosby, and then and then he runs away and he goes to San Francisco and then comes back with the Richard Pryor that we know that kind of changed comedy. Not kind of, he changed comedy. <clears throat> if you watch um, Def Jam comedy, everybody there's taken something from prior like even as close as the subject matter like like some of the some of the jokes almost feel stolen you know so <clears throat> you got a miles davis another one as a musician miles davis he reinvented himself countless times i think that's the beautiful thing as an artist like you jay-z has such a great line he says what's worse than getting old is not getting old <laughs> like you you gotta evolve it'd okay. be it'd be horrible if you if you look back at yourself as a comedian you're like yo man in 2022 i was dope <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that would be a little sad that would be sad but like there are people who exist like that but like when i think about this the sets i did in 2018 or whenever i know it's killing hard but then i also the stuff i'm doing now i'm like what <laughs> like what was that was good really okay. yeah oh man that's what i mean like you were still over a decade in you were already opening for Chappelle, and you're looking back at that like it's garbage no, no not garbage but like it, it was dope but i just see it as a chapter in my life and now those things i'm speaking about i wouldn't even talk about that anymore because i'm like yo i'm done with that phase in my life it's i spoke about what i thought was interesting at the time you know yeah the 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 my relationship with the audience is probably the most consistent relationship I have in life, <laughs> apart from my family. It's 14 years of like getting to know these people and them getting to know me. Yes, I'm speaking to strangers every night, but there's that relationship that, that I really do love and appreciate. And that's where that joke comes from that we just heard was like, I miss the audience. Mm. Like, like seeing people in front of me, seeing those faces. I, I I know so many different faces. Like if I close my eyes, I can see faces from when I was doing comedy for two months. Like I can see a smile in my head. 
You mean, oh, from the audience? From like, the audience. Like, I can literally, members. if I close my eyes and think about a venue or place, two months into doing stand-up, uh, I can literally see that face that was smiling and laughing with me. That must be good for you when the, when the audience is, uh, you know... And then I see keeping you humble. Then I can also see those bitches who didn't laugh. <laughs> like I still I see those just as clearly. Yeah, yeah. Those those are those are both both are seared into your brain, just like totally. a, like a, a cow imprint. But it's a journey. Like the point of life, and and even as a comedian, it's not to be perfect. I think perfection is the biggest thief of life experience. It, and and if you're perfect, you're not going to live. If you're going for perfection, your life experience and how much you 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 take in, it's not going to be that much. So mm -hmm. if you if if you live in this perfect life, you you are not going to be a great comedian. Like when you think of every comedian out there, if you think about your best jokes, it's when you showed your vulnerability. Like the audience don't come to watch you speak about how great your life is. Uh. You the voice, you speaking on behalf of them. That's why they dig you. Like you become the voice of somebody. Like that's why the, a, every comedian has their people, whether it's a hundred people, it's, whether it's a million people. Right. But you a spokesperson for somebody. So like they want to they hear about your, what you're going through. Yeah. You know, whether, we, whether I'm a 50-year-old man watching a 23-year-old comedian, if your truth will make me look at my life nostalgically, I go, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I can laugh with that because that's exactly what happened. Mm. You know, so it's per perfection. You know, just live and do the thing. I, it's not about being perfect. It's about having enough courage to wake up the next day and try again. That's all it is. You you heard it here, folks. Uh, Robbie Collins, <laughs> man, if, if, don't chase your perfection. Don't chase your dreams, cause uh, just do your goals, and and those change all the time. So you know, keep doing that. Did your dreams catch up to you? Okay, I like that. Let your dreams catch up to you, cause who the hell knows what we're dreaming? <laughs> exactly. When we're eighteen. Like what I dream. You know, I know what I was dreaming about, and it's not has nothing to do with my career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um. So I I wanted to ask you: Are there any um? any jokes that you have in, that you're your any premises that you're you know you just thought of recently in the last couple days week that you're uh that you that you um yeah can you share share yeah, one with us so that we can hear the hear the beginnings and then you know and, and six months down the line you know we'll, we'll hear the 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 ironed out not perfect but uh you know fun version of it Dude, and maybe I'll, some, I'll throw it on this. Some of these things don't make any sense. Do it. The the one thing I wrote down here, I, I need to make this work is like, because in South Africa we don't have juries. Like you know, you got in courts, you guys have a jury. Oh yeah, you we, guys don't have juries. No, not at all. Not at all. We, no jury of your own peers. None of that. Of we just peers. leave it to a judge, and hopefully that person's. Not wise insane. enough, yeah, yeah, dude. I don't even know what a jury is for in America. It doesn't make any sense. Like the judge ends up deciding any everything anyway. But my, I just thought it's funny. Like I, I could never be on, um, uh, on like in the jury because I think I just react to everything that's said in court. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like a black audience member at a movie. Oh, pretty much. Oh, yeah, pretty much oh. that. 
It's like, yeah. You uh, stabbed him? Yes, it's those, it's those things. Like, yeah, I, I was uh, like when a person gives the alibi, and uh, I'll just be like, lies. <laughs> <laughs> but, Stop the cap. Stop the cap. <laughs> so I just wrote that down because I was watching a show, and, and, and another comedian told me that they had done jury duty, and, and I was asking them about it, and I just found it so crazy that you can even do that because it's like jury duty is also you get paid for it. Yeah. And, and it's just like days of work. I'm like, if I'm on jury duty, I am wasting everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not making any money, man. Because I think they prorate it to what you like, what you would make in your regular job. Oh, for real? So yeah. if, I, if I pick I up think. trash, I'll still get paid. You get trash money. You get trash money? But if you get, you know, yeah. stand up, it's like how that, you know, it's, oh, well, last week I made 40 bucks. I don't know how I feel about this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously they pay you minimum wage at that point. I was excited for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Unless you gotta, you gotta, yeah, I don't know, man. I, um, yeah, no, I have a, I have a joke that I, I, I like a premise that it's, it's, but it's silly, man. You're gonna, you're gonna be like this new comedian. No, this yeah, uh, it's like, uh, you know, like I, I don't think I'm gonna have, I'm, I don't want my son to get circumcised. Cause uh, I just hear too many, too many stories, man. It's like people are just having fifteen percent more experience in the game, man. Like, why would I want to do that to my baby child? You know, I want him to grow up and have the best times he can have. You know, why would I? Why would I rob my son of this fantastic experience? I think your your future daughter-in-law will be <laughs> very grateful if your son gets circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's all about the aesthetic. It's like, you know, it's kind of like wearing Nike. Circumcised is Nike, you know, and uncircumcised is like, uh, it's like fake polo assassin. I don't know. Right. I, I, I remember a friend getting circumcised at like, we were in seventh grade. He was 12. I got circumcised like in Holy the first. Holy shit. What? How old were you? No, he was 12, a friend of mine. I was circumcised like two months into <laughs> okay, my okay. life. <laughs> That's an appropriate amount of time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And I just remember my friend, and he was meant he wasn't meant to play soccer with us for a week, and by the third day he just got frustrated with being inside, and he came out, <laughs> and something snapped. Oh no! And like he's, he just started bleeding, and then I just remember all the boys teasing him and saying he's on his period, and we just thought it was really funny. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> but it was just like you know that, uh. that joke, you know, like. When you're a kid, you don't you don't understand what's right and wrong. Yeah. But we just thought it was so funny. Now when I look back at it, it's like, yo, because I understand the importance of a circumcision. Like I didn't understand, like being circumcised is a really big thing. Yeah. So it was in, in no way a laughing matter. <laughs> like now when I think about it, like, yo. Well, yeah, but you have to tease your friends when, yeah, when, when at, they almost die, you know, it's kind of hilarious. Dude, at, at 12, you're just like, yo, man, as, if nobody's dead, we laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the same thing now. Yeah. But yeah, but you got to you gotta be careful. Um, hey, by the way, we're wrapping up right now. Uh, we talked about, we talked about, um, you know, Robbie Collins touring with all these comedians. We talked about advice that uh, we got that we used, we didn't use. Talked about dreams, talked about goals. We talked about circumcisions. We talked about <laughs> everything, man. Yeah. Everything that you could buy. We talked about, you know, animals. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we covered it all. Uh, if you want to go uh, check out Robbie Collins, Robbie Collins on Instagram, Robbie Collins underscore, I think just underscore. Yeah, right? Robbie Collins underscore, but Robbie with the Y. Robbie with the Y. R O B B Y. C-O-L-L-I-N-S yes. underscore. Thank you. Uh, this has been 